Welcome to the Proceedings Podcast. I'm Paul Kingsbury, co-director of outreach for the U.S. Naval Institute. Today we're coming from Studio Hampton Roads. And before we get into the discussion with our guests today, just wanted to emphasize a few things. We're coming to the end of the month, so once again, you got about maybe two weeks left to take advantage of that free digital access through the end of June. That gets you free digital access to Proceedings Magazine, Naval History Magazine, and all the archives that we've made available. So Great opportunity there. And then also, even for non-members, you get member pricing on books from our press and free shipping. Take advantage of that because that window is closing soon. I am excited today for our guest. Her name is Petty Officer Second Class Denisha Smith. She's from China Lake, California. She joined the Navy in 2011. She's the Open Second Class now, and she served at VFA 94. She served on the staff for uh, Commander Navy Region Europe, and then now she's currently serving on board USS Lincoln out of San Diego, and she was the author in the May edition of Proceedings Magazine called Eight Ways to Be Successful in the Navy. So, Denisha, welcome to the Proceedings Podcast. How are things going? Pretty great. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, yes, it's been pretty great, uh, you know, considering what's been going on, um, you know, COVID and yeah. protesting and stuff like that. So what is going on with the, what's your experience there? What's the fleet experience? I mean, especially on an aircraft carrier, you know, a lot of sailors, um, we saw what happened in Guam and stuff. What was kind of the, what was going on in the deck plate when this was all going on and how are things going? Well, for right now, uh, we're practicing safe hygiene by making sure that, you know, we're keeping our ship clean, our equipment, everything like that. We're practicing social distancing. But at the same time, we're making sure that, you know, everyone's, you know, doing well because, again, we're not really seeing each other on a day-to-day basis like we're used to. and. Yep. We have to isolate ourselves at home, so it gets pretty lonely, and sometimes it's very hard uh, not to, you know, go outside whenever you want without worrying about, you know, getting the virus, right? Things um, like that. Yeah. So, what's the what is the kind of work schedule for you, like day to day, right now on board in Lincoln? Uh, right now, only duty sections coming in, just to like limit the people that's on the ship. Yeah. Um. Yes. And then are you using tools like Microsoft Teams or anything else to, how, how are you doing the teleworking piece? Either like we bring our stuff home or uh, we just try to knock out what we can while we're at work. And then do you work in personnel department or are you a yeoman assigned to a specific department on the carrier? I work in the intel department. How are you liking that? I love it a lot. It's definitely changed my perspective on the Navy in a great way uh, because it's it taught me things that I normally wouldn't learn as a regular yeoman. Yeah, so it's definitely an interesting time out there. Um, again, uh, you know, thanks again for taking some time to write. So, you know, a little background before we get into the content of the article. So, how did you come across the Naval Institute, and how did you even know to submit or write for Proceedings Magazine? My YN1 at the time, his name is YN1 Anderson, he actually recommended me to submit my piece in the essay contest that you all were holding, I think back in 2019. Okay. And at first, I was really nervous because I was just like, I've never really done this before. So I don't know if they're really going to take me seriously or right. not, but let me just try at least. And also, um, I, I kept getting the push from my 
other colleagues inside the ship and outside the ship to just just try it anyways. Okay. So I knew then I had to try at least. Yes. So clearly you're pretty vocal or you're writing in some way out there that must be recognized by your peers and your leadership. I actually uh, run my own creative writing workshops on the ship um, along with a couple of other of my colleagues. Awesome. So, yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. So, yes, I can understand why they would come and encourage you. So you submitted Mm -hmm. for the essay contest, didn't win, but as as I tell many people – we will. It doesn't matter how many people submit. We go through all those articles and look for them to be published, perhaps in other ways. Not every article will get published, but even if articles don't win for any of our essay contests, they can get brought onto the blog. They can get put in, and in this case, your article eventually got selected to be from a deck plates article. So that's great. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, so what decided to make you write about this topic? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, back then, I was the LPO for engineering, and I would hear from some of my junior sailors, oh, well, I'm not going to stay in because, you know, the Navy sucks, this and that. And I, at first, I would kind of take it personally because I'm pro-Navy. Yeah, you're like a dingy, um, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and then I was just like, well, instead of, you know, saying you should totally do this, how about I just explain, you know, show them the benefits of being in the Navy and maybe that would change her perspective. So, so let's get into that, right? So you basically have created basically an eight point framework, right? Um, so the first tip you talked about is remember why you joined, right? So why is that so important? And I would actually, I would offer this, right? This isn't just for the first term sailor. Cause I'm telling you, I did 31 years, but mm-hmm. there's going to be periods and you've mentioned, right? You want to do 20 there's going to be periods throughout your career where, you know, tough things are going to happen and you're going to struggle, right? And your your attitude's going to be challenged and things like that. So right. this is good advice. So let's talk about that. Remember why you joined. Why is this important? I, I guess I um, I wrote the article because of my own experience. Okay. So in a way, it was kind of a reminder for myself as well. Okay. So, so for me, I, I would definitely have times where just like, do I really want to keep you know, staying in the Navy, when I look at, I have a vision board, by the way. Okay. So it it has a reminder of why I joined the Navy personally. And that is to make a difference and help others. So that's one of the things that kept me going. It's to remind readers, you know, think of why you join in the first place. Is it to have a better life? Is it to, or be a part of something bigger than what you did, what, then how you lived in the beginning, things like that. Okay. And then even if it was for the college or the benefits or what have you, you know, it's uh, attitude is your altitude, right? So don't get in a position where you risk those things, right? Because they could be lost very quickly. Right. So then the second point was keep in mind that where you are right now is only temporary. Dig into that a little bit more. Uh, uh, this goes back to when I first started out as an E3 and you know like when you're starting from the bottom you don't really see the perks you're pretty much the underdog like uh with my junior sailors they kind of complain like oh why can the second class do this but we can't do this and really because of time and then I remind them like you're not always going to be an E3 you're not always going to be an E4 one day you will be 
the LPO of your office, or you're going to be that mentor that junior sailors look up to. So it's better to prepare now and have that thought that you're already there. You're just preparing for that moment. And then, like you said, right? So we we are up and out organization. You move up, people move on, people transfer. And even at a command, either you're going to transfer within three to four years or your leadership's going to transfer too. So, all right, number three was set goals. This is clearly, you know, something we encourage. What's, yes. uh, what's your advice here? Since I am a big fan of writing lists and setting goals, again, vision board, that definitely helps you plan your path, what you want to achieve while you're in the Navy. Of course, like not everything comes out the way that you plan, but at least you have like a vision of what you want to possibly achieve while you're in. And then you recommend to help you with that, having a mentor, right? So that's clearly one thing we we always recommend. So what's your, what's your experience and advice on, you know, seeking and picking a mentor? For me, I pick mentors and each rank that I want to become. So I have a first class mentor, a couple of first class mentors. I have chief, senior chief, um, officer, and I have a not official master chief mentor as well. I'll talk to him when he has time. And the reason why it's so important to have a mentor is because they pretty much know where you've, where you've been or where you're about to be. So things that you may not know, they can bring that to light and also, you know, help shape you into being a better leader, better worker, things like that. So a couple of times you mentioned this vision board. So what for those who don't know what that is, what what is a vision board and, and how do you use that? So a vision board for me is pretty much you bring images or you take images from magazines, computers articles, whatever, and you put on your board, um, and it's pretty much, it pretty much helps you um, manifest what you're trying to achieve, who you're trying to become, things like that. So like, for me, I collect quotes, uh, because I'm a writer. And I also, when I when I look at quotes and things like that, that's what helps inspire me the most. Okay. All right, number four was gain knowledge. So this is this is important for me because mm-hmm. uh, when I wrote the Chief Petty Officer's Guide and even when I have discussions on leadership, right, I heavily foot stomp the importance of two developing two of what are known as your power bases of personal power and expert power because those two give you credibility. They build your reputation and with that you get trust and then you can just you know shape attitudes usually in a positive way and you get buy-in with your teams that allow you to lead them beyond more than just, hey, I'm a petty officer or I'm a chief, right? So gaining knowledge, why is that so important to you? It's important because like every day, especially me being a yeoman, I have to learn different things, Um, whether it's rate related or it's military related or if it's leadership related. So deployment for me last year was definitely a great opportunity for me to read books about things that I wanted to learn about or needed to learn about and also to study as well. So when I was new to the Intel department, for instance, I did not have uh, experience in, you know, information or personnel security or anything like that. So I had to take out the instructions 
and like just break them down and start reading them like piece by piece so I could learn like what's involved that that area and also going to trainings um not just on the ship but outside the ship too um that definitely helped as well okay and uh yeah you bring up the importance of reading so Mm -hmm. um, yeah that's one of our our mantras right is dare to read write think and and speak at the naval institute you know in the forum but i i hear people don't read anymore is this true it's crazy because i read all the time okay (laughs) because i because i'm interested in a lot of things uh rather it's um like investing your money or saving money or just me being a second class i want to make sure that i'm a great leader um now and you know in the future so i get a lot of like leadership books um i read about like you know how to stay organized things like that so it's crazy like yes not a lot of people read anymore but it's definitely not helping them not reading (laughs) okay yes because it it's reading is important right it builds your Mm -hmm. vocabulary um, it makes you a better writer. It increases your comprehension. You learn about stuff. So, right. Um, I think people are reading more often than we think they are. They might not be picking up a book, but uh, they're definitely reading blogs. They're definitely reading on the social media space. Um, mm. So, if you're not Which a reader, is, it's a blessing and a curse yes. at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I I know that. So, all right. Point number five was degrees and certifications. So. So there's some debate about this. I'm a fan of education. You know, I got my bachelor's degree on on active duty through tuition assistance. But there's another side of this conversation that says, you know, your job is to focus on your rating and and things like that. So I'm although I agree with you, do you think it's got to be balanced? And is there a time? What's the priority you place on this? I really I I do agree that you should have, you know, you should make the time to uh, learn your rate first foremost um i actually came in with my degree i literally graduated five days before boot camp wow that's (laughs) awesome um and i guess like for me i grew up with the notion that getting your degree and getting an education um was very important i watched my mom study like for 14 hours on end to get her chemistry degree and her nursing degree growing up seeing that and how hard she had to work it definitely again um, made me believe that getting your degree is very important especially once you, you start working towards it it not only it not only sets you up for success in the long run but like it also helps you do your job better yep like for me um my bachelor's degree is in general studies with a background in business administration and management it applies to me being a yeoman because i'm not the lpo or anything like that but i do uh you know take care of the admin side of intel it definitely shows me work with other backgrounds things like that yeah and also you know, just present presenting things that I learned from the courses that I took from business, stuff yeah. like that. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that story about your mom is powerful to me because it reinforces, right? So this is kind of a sidebar, but 
the power of influence that people have by setting the example. So just think of how powerful that, you know, your mom's actions and her effort to, that you were watching her do to invest all that time in study and education clearly established in your value and belief system. Just watching her set the example there that education was important. And here you go doing that, right? So for the leaders out there, when we talk about leading by example, this is why it's so powerful. All right. And then certifications, right? And then, well, actually, we'll go back to the point about I am a fan of like the rating related degree, right? So like right. if you, you know, if the Navy's paying tuition assistance, I was always a fan of, all right, what's that? This isn't necessarily just a retention tool, right? Um, mm-hmm. What's the Navy getting back on that investment in your education, right? So clearly in the degree that you got, uh, and I'm sure you're probably continuing through reading and, you know, continuing education to learn more. You're probably right. able to return that in, as a better leader, a better sailor, and a better yeoman. So mm-hmm. I am a fan of you know rating related degrees. If you can do that, that's valuable. And then the certifications are also a big deal because you know there are so many through Navy Cool, so many certifications you can get to credit that real life experience. And then if Definitely. you decide, and it's you- something that I'm actually personally taking advantage of right now. I'm working on my Microsoft Word yeah. uh, certificate, which. I uh, went went on the cool website to you know, see if I could get a, a brochure on that. And I got it within two days of applying for it. Yeah, the certifications. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're a big deal. More often than not, those certifications, you know, like uh, project management professional certification, that's big and that's valuable. A lot of these certifications, people need to understand. Sometimes it's not the degree. It's the certification that gets you a leg up um, in the mm-hmm. civilian sector when you're getting out and transitioning. So. All right, number six was take care of your mind, body, soul. This resonates because this aligns with uh, the talk I've been you know, involved with uh, right at the end of my active duty tour. We started really focusing on resilience building and toughness building. And right. you would hear these four areas of resiliency. RTC and boot camp has invested in this. So what's your perspective on this mind, body, soul connection? I learned this the hard way, um, especially uh, being – stationed in Lamar, not Lamar, but being stationed, um, on Lincoln. Okay. It was my, it's my first ship and I wasn't really used to that lifestyle. Like everything's fast. Everything's really intense. And I did not take the chance. Oh, sorry. I didn't take the opportunity to rest or, you know, work on my stress or anything like that. So because of that, um, because of not taking care of myself, I gained 30 pounds, 30 plus pounds. I was, you know, depressed all the time. Didn't understand why I had anxiety, things like that. Yeah. And I also thought like, I could just handle it myself. Right. Even when I had mentors, I was like, no, I'll handle it myself. Blah, 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 blah. And it came to the point where one day I was just like, this has to change. So now I just make sure like I'm eating healthy. If I am stressed out, I'll uh, talk to my mentors, see how I could approach certain things that are very stressful. And I also like when I have off time, I take the chance to work out, do yoga, breathe, do things that I enjoy doing. So that way I have an outlet, things like that. And of course, writing is one of my main outlets. So. So is that the mentality of the average fleet sailor that the younger sailor, do you think they buy into that mind, body, soul stuff? Or is there more of a stigma out there that you got to be tough? You can't show weakness. You can't show vulnerability. What are you seeing or hearing with that? 
Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, because again, yes, uh, some people in the military have that mindset like, oh yeah, you have to be tough, no emotions, things like that. But what happens is over time, like things are going to build up and then you're either going to have a breakdown or worse things can happen. And it's very important for young sailors to know that there are outlets, there are people that care, that they can trust and vent to when they have issues. It's it, it's important, right? That sense of, you know, when you talk about resilience, right? I came to learn, you know, like three vectors of it. We were talking right before I retire, right? So you got the physical, right? Keeping yourself physically fit. So it's not just... Hey, I'm a member of the three mile club. I do the PRT twice a year and that's kind of check, right. right? This isn't check of the, this isn't about passing administrative requirements, right? This is about your war fighting readiness, right? And this is right. your preparation to endure um, the adversity of being a sailor at sea, but also it's your long term health, right? Cause you're going to, mm-hmm. we all leave the Navy, right? I left the Navy and then you're going to run into things like insurance costs, right? So there's a price tag right. to your health. So if you don't, it's, you know, that bill comes due some way or another, mentally and physically. So I know the Navy's investing in some education. I'm hoping these days that we're, we're creating an environment where sailors feel they can come and, and want to nurture these areas. So um, mm-hmm. that's always good advice. Um, all right. The seventh point was stand out and get involved. Don't we already have too many collateral duties, though? <laughs> yes, I know I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. But like, I guess for me, uh, I I love helping people again. So I have taken a lot of collateral duties, but I feel like it's worth it because you get to meet people outside of your department, right? Okay. And you also the feeling of being a part of making a difference in your command that's it's pretty awesome it definitely uh helped my my self-esteem um while being attached on lincoln because like for me i'm the east west coordinator uh for my department and also the assistant east west coordinator for my command as well as you know running the creative writing workshop so knowing that i made a difference and, you know, my junior sailors and um, encouraging them to get their quals or get their works out. Um, that means a lot to me. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. So I'll come in there, right? So as a retired fleet mm-hmm. mass chief, I'm like, okay, this just isn't about getting checks in the block to get advanced, right? So to your point, right. there's more, th- there are advantages and there are things you can actually learn and help develop your management skills and your leadership skills when you take these opportunities, um, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, right, there's that sense of contributing to a broader mission, something beyond yourself, all that stuff that sounds like touchy feely is actually important, right? People right. want to stay when, you know, they feel like they're making a difference, like you said, and they feel like they like the team they're on, right? So if, mm-hmm. um, I think that's where it helps, but at the same time, they got to be managed, right? It's got to be balanced. So how do you exactly. manage your time? What's your advice for managing your time if you're going to do these things? Oh, well, just to remember that, you know, your work is first. It's the high priority. Um, Because like for me, I had to learn that as well. Because even though like I was, I had all these collateral duties, my first priority is being the yeoman of my department to make sure that my people are being taken care of. And they can't be taken care of if you're spending more time on focusing on your 
collaterals than your job, your yeah. actual job. And people see that, right? See, so that will raise mm-hmm. an eyebrow, right? If you see that sailor that's just loaded with collateral duties, right? So this doesn't mean like, you know, become the collateral duty queen or king. One right. is good, right? One is good, right? One is plenty probably from your experience. It right? is. Um, <laughs> Instead so, of six. Yeah, let's not get this all <laughs> twisted, right? Because then people go, well, when do you right. do your real job? Right. You know, And plus it's taking um, away, it's taking too much from, you know, having another sailor stand out because you have all these collateral duties and pretty soon you're having too, you're taking on too much uh, than you can handle. Yeah. So it's better, you know, to share the love as well, you know, give it to the next person that's trying to stand out or become better as well. And then the final point uh, in your eight tips was consider officer programs, basically, or you call them special duty. I call them, you know, because really you're looking perhaps seek a commission. Mm -hmm. So are you going to do that? You've got some education. I am. Okay. I'm actually looking into OCS or when I become a first class um, after a year, uh, apply for the LDO program. Um, And to me, um, it's because like when I first started out in the Navy, um, I looked up to, you know, my AOs. They they definitely had a positive impact on me as a junior sailor. And I've always had it in my mindset, like, I want to be like them one day. So that really drove me to really um, work on, you know, my leadership so that I'd be ready um, once I start applying for LCS and LDO. Okay. And have you, Mm -hmm. have they been reaching down, encouraging you um, to apply for that? Yes. So uh, the programs that I'm looking into right now are uh, PAO and SWO. Uh, just because, you know, I have a background in writing and, you know, writing articles and stuff like that. And I know it's it's definitely more than that as a PAO, um, but I, I would definitely like to, like, learn about that. And then SWOs, uh, again, I looked up to the SWOs in my first command, and I admired how they were pretty much the jack-of-all-trade. Like, they were very flexible. They knew their stuff. They knew different you know, areas of the command. So I was just like, I think that's really cool. And of course, there's a lot of hard work that goes into being a slow. And I definitely admire that. Yes. So back to mm -hmm. your goal setting, right? You sound like a very results oriented, goal oriented person. All right. So, so this is all the positive stuff, right? So what, like I said, what are the barriers to someone doing this, right? Because clearly you heard all that negative stuff. I, you know, I remember doing this as a young sailor, right? It was all the negativity, Mm -hmm the FTN stuff, the Navy sucks stuff. Right. What, what do you tell those people or, or what, what develops that mindset? You know, personally, I think it's because they're focusing more on the negative than the positive. As you can tell, I try to stay on the positive side of things. Yes. 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 The, there, there are going to be hard times, you know, in the Navy, especially, you know, you starting out as an E1 to E3. But again, like as you go up in rank your perspective starts changing more yes and you start growing you know as a petty officer and that makes a huge difference too and that's why i tell them like you know the spot that they're in now they're not always going to be in that spot as long as they you know put in the effort pretty soon they're going to be you know a third class a second class a first class it just depends on how much they want it and how focused they are and then, yeah, take everything, right? Take ownership of whatever little thing you've given 
um, mm-hmm. whether it's prep in a space. You know, I still remember being a young sailor, right, cleaning the head for field day or rehabbing a vent space, you know, and I was in the Navy nuclear power program. Definitely not glamorous stuff. But right. I, I just I just saw it as a reflection of me. It was you know my personal reputation that was at stake, and this was my job, and I was going to do it to the best of my ability. So, so I think you offer a great you know eight points here. To, it's really about shaping a mindset, right? Because as we know, mm-hmm. life in the Navy is tough, right? That it always has been, it always will be. It may change, right? And the challenges may change. But uh, it's great to see you offering some advice on, you know, trying to uh, maintain that positive mindset. So hopefully with the mm-hmm. reach of the form and the Naval Institute, uh, we can get this out and, uh, and even further than beyond what you're influencing now. Let me transition here. And uh, so you wrote, that was great. You got a, you know, a f- affinity towards writing with creative writing. But what advice would you offer to your peers or would-be authors on your experience of writing? You mentioned there's some mental barriers to starting What's the right mindset they need to have to get started and what advice would you give them? For the writing part, don't think about it. Just write. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely have like a journal and take it everywhere you go uh, because, you know, you can't plan your inspiration. So it can come anytime, any place, and you definitely have to be ready for that. And also just seek writing opportunities within the Navy and outside of the Navy. Uh, and you had some opportunity to work with our editors, right? As this uh, article was getting written, what was that experience? Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not my first time, you know, writing experiences. Uh, I, I've been writing outside of the uh, Navy as well, but it was the first time um, that my writing, you know, made an impact within the fleet. Okay. So. That that's definitely a huge accomplishment for me. Yep. And what's the been of feedback so far? It's been it's been positive feedback. Um, like my colleagues and my uh, yeoman on my yeoman page. Well, it's not my yeoman page, but it's the official Navy yeoman page. I shared uh, my article with them to just get positive feedback, and they were they definitely uh, praised me and definitely shared it with their junior sailors for them to read as well. So that was pretty cool. All right. So yeah, when this gets uh, produced and published out there, it's going to go out even further than that. So I usually grab mm-hmm. these and throw them into a lot of closed Facebook pages. There's one called Basic Mentoring, Take the World by Charge. You know, there's a lot of a lot of great reach here. So, so what are you working on now? Are you going to write again? Are you going to try to publish? Go for an essay contest? Definitely an essay contest. Um, I also write articles outside of the Navy as well, but I definitely would like to keep writing articles to inspire people in the Navy or and the military in general. Because um, again, like we need as much positivity as possible, um, a lot of inspiration, and just you know, just the message to just keep going and stay focused, especially now. I think that's a great way to. To end this episode. So my guest today has been Petty Officer Second Class Denisha Smith. Thank you for writing and daring to make a difference with your article in the May edition of Proceedings Magazine. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Good luck to you. All right, everyone, that wraps up another episode of the Proceedings Podcast. Again, take advantage of that free open digital access through the end of June. And remember, victory begins at the Naval Institute.